Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today it's a dub in our free six brace for impact, but I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by Dan. How you doing, man? Yes, not too bad, mate. Well, it's going well. Not bad at all. No, and we've got to let him in behind the curtain a little. See, we had a, a schedule planned uh, for July on the Dublin Podcast, as we normally do. But unfortunately, I lost my voice because me and Dan have been spending a lot of time together and I've lost my voice. But what is that reason, Dan? Why, why was that reason? Well, because we genuinely believed it was coming home. <laughs> we were so close. We, we, we touched it for, for an hour didn't we? You know, it was like, uh, like, put it in wrestling terms, it's like championship scramble, and we were the WWE champion for a minute in time until it was cruelly dashed, and yeah, unfortunately I lost my voice, but we are back here together, and of course, um, last time you joined us, Dan, we had a massive impact catch-up, but today we have three episodes, we'll be watching on the pod for the first time ever. Well, don't forget, James, Slammiversary is hours away, so let's get to it. Yeah, right down, so July 1st, and of course, before tonight's show, Knockouts Champion Dan Pratso defeated Kimberly with Susan, a non-title match, on before the Impact. D'Lo Brown and Josh Matthews welcome fans to Impact Wrestling. We kick things off with a hard-hitting bout, and that is Eddie Edwards versus Satoshi Kojima. Oh, Eddie Edwards it plays, but Edwards doesn't come out. W. Morrissey appears on the screen, and he tells Kojima that he attacked Edwards in the parking lot. He won't be able to compete tonight. Then Brian Myers with Sam Bill come out. Bill Myers laid a beat down the edge. Uh, Legendary's music hit, and he runs down to the ring to even the odds. Myers and Bill retreat to the ramp. A referee stops Miles and Bills and tells them that they'll be in a tag team match. Was that referee? Um, t- uh, a good, good line. If I yeah. Teddy Long. Teddy Long, everyone, Teddy Long. They used to have a tag team match. Well, yeah, it's a tag team match. Jake Something and Satsui Kojima versus Brian Myers and Sam Bill. Well, Something dominated the act in the competition before Myers rocked him with a jumping knee to the face. The heels beat him down and cut him off from his partner for a majority of the contest. Kojima exploded into the match and despite some last grasp effort from Myers and Bill, the latter... Uh, put the latter away for the pinfall victory. Yeah, this was not a bad opener. Kojima is just fun. I'm not sure if this is best for Myers. And backstage, Jim Miller asked Executive Vice President Scott Demore if he comment about Tommy Dreamers. Just about to answer in and ask for a shot at the Knockouts Tag Team Championships. Demore says he will take it under consideration. The next match, Tanil Dash with Caleb Kay versus Rachel Ellering with Jazz. A focused, tenacious Dashwood lot dominated the action looking to prove her worthwhile, avenging the personal humiliation of being turned down for a partner. Ellering fought back, withstood a late attempt at distraction by Tanil's social media manager, Caleb, and scored the win with a roll. Yeah, this is uh, Dashwood's on impact every... Uh, there's no doubt about that. But after the match, the beating Aussie attacked Ellering only for Jazz and Grace to make the save and clear the ring of the hills. Grace reunited with Ellering as Josh Matthews put the knockouts tag team division on notice. This was a really good match. Ellering looks motivated, but I still think this is setting up for us. Well, backstage, Ace Austin, Rojit, Rohit Raju and Shira and Madman Fulton come in and interrupt Chris Bay's interview. Bay thinks these four came to recruit him. They inform Bay that they aren't there to recruit him. They're just there to wish him luck going into the Ultimate X match at Slammiversary all alone. Up next, TJP and Falabar versus Rich Swan and Willie Mack. Well, Carnage unfortunately follows instead as Violent by Designs run down and follows uh, and interrupts the match. VDB comes in 
like a wrecking balls and takes out both teams. All four members stand tall over there. So I guess maybe a triple threat tag down the road, maybe. Uh, backstage fire flavor is not in favor of having Havoc and Rosemary just walks in to another match for their titles. They track Scott Demore down and confront him. Demore tells the champion that here's what they're saying. So next week, he's going to put Havoc and Rosemary in action to see if they're fit to challenge fire and flavor team titles. Backstage, Team Dreamer, that's Sammy Callahan, Moose and Chris Sabin, will join forces on Tommy Dreamer's behalf. Dreamer says, tonight all three of these men have put their animosities aside to secure a big victory over him. Chris Sabin agrees, Moose just wants the win and Callahan wants to put his hands on Kenny Omega before their big clashing at Slammiversary. Up next, Chris Bay versus Petey Williams. The Bay controlled the match early, but the veteran Williams fought back, turned his opponent inside out with suplex and flattened him with a running knee. Pete tried for the Canadian Destroyer, but Bay counted an inverted TKO netbreaker for a near fall. Bay fought off another Canadian Destroyer attempt, delivered the Art of Finesse, and then a hard victory. This was a brilliantly executed match versus the future. I cannot wait for Ultimate X. And after the match, Ace Austin, Madman Fulton and Rohit Raju and Shearer made their way to the ring. Right, so we're going to see now Chris Bay, are they going to try and recruit him? Bay says he's not going to pick a side because he wants to do it himself. But as we see, they're kind of big hills in. They're not really even given much choice. I mean, Dan, if this was you and you in Chris Bay's position, I mean, surely you would just go with the hills, wouldn't you? Well, don't call me Shirley, but some people to take that bad path. And, you know, some people... Just want to be a face. They like the admiration from the fans. That's what gets them through matches. Well, the thing is, he's not even being a face because he's not even helping. So the fact is, not even, he's Switzerland in this matter. Of the fact is, he just he was looking out for himself, which again, I suppose, um, might be quite smart. This part as we see Trey Miguel and Josh Alexander coming out trying to even the odds. Well, it's going to be four against three. Well, you can see Bay on the uh, entranceway thinking about it. Looks like the faces are doing all right at the moment. They got big man man Fulton. Gonna chop him down like the big old redwood he is. Where you come the hills again. You see Big Shearer with Rohit and Ace Austin now. You can just see him at the end of the uh, entrance way. He's tussling. <laughs> he decides to come back, but which team will he come back to represent? What side's he on, Dan? What side's he on? Of course he's on the faces side. Well he takes out Shearer with a drop kick, big boot to Ace Austin. Fulton comes running in. He gets ducked. Oh, we managed to catch Bay. Is he going to powerbomb him? Oh, Bay doing what he can to fight out. Oh, can run her over the top rope instead. Oh, he hits in the way, but gets caught with a kick. And now he's standing alone in the ring, surrounded by four people who want to kick his ass. Oh, Bay hit his found himself, like I said, in the wrong place, the wrong time. And just a knee strike, just taking him out. Looks like Chris Bay's made a decision, and Ace Austin is in all sorts of trouble. Well, Austin's trying to escape. Now he experiences a bit of the uh, treble teaming. Well, this is what happens when the uh, numbers are even here in Austin. Maybe going to get thrown out the ring now. No, Bay and Alexander picking him up. Well, they're launching him like a lawn dart. <laughs> and his team was unfortunately the lawn dart. It's like Chris Bay has embraced, I said, the face side of it. But what a match it will be at Ultimate X when you disclude, obviously, Shearer and Fulton into that matter. These six men here. Dan, what do you think of this segment with Bay finally making his choice? You knew Bay was going to go with the faces. You could see him wrestling with it, but unfortunately, he's not the greatest. Bless him. <laughs> but it's not a bad segment. It gets a little bit intrigue, isn't it, into just a kind of standard uh, multi-man match. Yeah, it is good to see how like the, the multi-man match does come. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, earlier tonight, Kimberly took a big loss to knockouts champion Diana Prazzo in the back lead, and Susan are trying to figure out how to take Prazzo out. 
Lee thinks the only way the virtuoso will be taken down is Sue Young re-emerges and does the job. Susan turns to Lee and asks, who's Sue? Well, Jake something challenges Brian Myers to a single match next week. If something loses, he will acknowledge Myers as the best wrestler out there. If something wins, he wants Myers to recognise his efforts. We're up next, Steve Macklin versus Manny Smith. The Unforgotten Son impressed with a huge angle slam, tied his opponent in the tree of woe and obliterated him with a nasty strike. A back elbow from Smith fired Macklin up even more, leading to an unforgiving barrage of elbow strikes to the face and a pinfall victory seconds later. Yeah, this was a complete squash. He looks all right. We shall see what's next. A silent one. And backstage, Brian Myers is not silent because he's gladly accepting Jake Summit's challenge from earlier, being informed something there's no way he's going to win against a guy like himself. Well, next week, a number one contender match for a shot of the Knockouts Tag Team Championship, Kimberly and Susan versus Havoc and Rosemary. Kenny Omega and Sammy Callahan will make their World Championship match official at Samiversary with a contract signing. And now, the main event. Yeah, it's Team Don Callis, Kenny Omega, the Good Brothers versus Team Tommy Dreamer, Sammy Callahan, Moose and Chris Sabin. And Moose's entrance is one of my favorite. I just think it's quite catchy. Like It didn't do it justice when I tried to show you uh, uh, the AEW show of course the last one out but this time i think it's quite cool moose of course is uh really pissed off at this moment time getting screwed out of the impact world title opportunity uh, against all odds but moose coming out here now i mean he's just a machine isn't he i mean look at that man he is a physical specimen the question is if he didn't get the job done then who who can basically in this one you know like he does look laser focused but this is quite gonna be quite a fun main event of course with tommy dreamer involved here as well what are your thoughts on Tommy Dreamer? Do you think he should be involved? I mean, he has been in writing for Impact for the past few years or so, but is he just too much of an easy W? Um, well, you know, it is good to see him kind of turning his hand and kind of staying in the wrestling business, helping out the future generations, as it were. So I'm all for it. I think without doubt, it's, it's interesting to see his role now, and of course, helping Sammy Callahan and, and noticing with Sammy Callahan that kind of demeanour of, yeah, you might put this man in charge, but... He's more dangerous than probably anybody else on the entire roster. And I think they've done well with Sammy Callahan. We've seen the slow build for him getting to the moment with the match of Kenny Omega. He's a legitimate threat now, isn't he? He should be, yeah. And I think, you know, if anyone could take that title off Omega, it should be Sammy Callahan. He's He's been this kind of like unhinged character for a while now, and I think it works for him. I think without a doubt, I think the more I see him, the more I kind of like him. The only negative, the thumbs up, thumbs down thing, really, isn't it? Because you're thinking... Or, or, or does that matter now? You know, people do use stuff in the... Well, you know, it's kind of like a very specific thing to use from the past. I mean, like, if I was to kind of, you know, go to the corner and put my hands up in kind of like a, a Y mode, signifying yes. But, you know, some might say it looks like Randy Orton. Uh, so talk about this main event. Is this good for Impact Wrestling? Of course, Kenny Omega with the Good Brothers teaming on the show. I mean, this is it's got to be good. We talked about the relationship between AAW and Impact. This is helping it out. Well, I personally don't think so. I think, um, you know, too much Kenny's not necessarily a good thing. I think, you know, Kenny in his head probably thinks, yes, you know, I'm the best. I should represent the face of every single brand. But with Impact, I think they've kind of, you know, they, they've been going along, you know. They've been gathering speed, you know, f- through their own kind of divide. Between two, helping them out. Has AEW done more to kind of be different from WWE than Impact has? You know, our impact hoping people watch this and it's kind of just like a WWE type of territory because we've had this discussion in the past, haven't we, you know? 
Well, with Impact or TNA, as it were, the thing that kind of differentiated them was the uh, the multi-sided ring. Um, they kind of developed their own mould, developed their own way of doing things, kind of. And you know, they got themselves a recognised brand, and they've moved away from the WWE signees. You know, the WWE rejects. Um, kind of moniker and that's going more to AEW so you know kind of AEW going the way that Impact first you know having loads of WWE ex-wrestlers and then kind of coming into their own after they've kind of dropped that moniker well it's an interesting thing isn't it is that what helps them out because you know with Impact they've built stars there's no doubt you know people wondering what Impact has been like the past few years you people like uh, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley have, have been Impact World Champion at EC3. So it's been quite a lineage. So they build stars and then kind of get taken away. Or do you, like they say, try and enhance stars from elsewhere and try and bring new eyes to the product, you know? Well, for, for our English listeners, um, Impact used to be kind of like uh, West Ham as of late. You know, they've kind of... They've got a brilliant academy, but as soon as they get noticed, <laughs> yeah. see you later. You know, everyone's like... Well, you know, we're here for for a while, but we just want to get noticed. I think the thing with AEW about that is it won't change until, like you said, people, when they say, when I grow up, I want to be AEW champion. Once you they start saying that, you'll realise, okay, at the moment, is all about WWE. And I think Impact, even though the association with AEW, maybe lean into it a little bit more but as well. But that's, that's going to be something that changes over generations, because... You know, I still know old boys that are like, oh, yeah, my kid watches that WWF. Well, it's not been <laughs> WWF for 20 years now. So you kind of like, you know, you know how much notice they pay to it. But once they're kind of probably known as WWF by anyone ever. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. then like kind of once the AEW generation. So, you know, they're going to people that was born into AEW, what, two, three years old at most? But this is the thing, is AEW going to last around that long? A lot of people, Impact Wrestling, TNA, you know, that was going to last if he didn't make the change that he did, and that's been around nearly 19 years now. So I think credit uh, for that to kind of survival mode, but it's all about kind of making money and making Impact look like a big deal. And I think with the AEW relationship, when it's not advertised on Dynamite, I think it negates the fact that it, they're, they're relationships at all because the people watching Impact are really watching it. So you're not going to add anybody else to them. I mean, like, and I think that's interesting to see. Talk, going back to the match, though, because we, we talk about the main event, obviously. Tommy Dream has put Moose and Chris Sabin together because he says they're two most dangerous people. Looks like now they were in control. And, of course, due to argument's sake with Tommy having to speak to him, looks like it's gone to the good brothers of the Omega. First up, is it a good idea for them to be even teaming together? And we talked about it on the last show. Is it a step down for Moose, considering where he was at the last pay-per-view? Well, it's going to be kind of like hostile territories for Team Dreamer. It, you know, they've going to have wars. They're not going to see eye to eye. Whereas, you know, all of the elite, they're kind of like, you know, they're, they're on a similar page. They're on a similar wavelength. They've worked together before. Whereas, you know, all three of these guys from Team Dreamer, it's going to take one grain of straw to break the camel's yeah, back. Yeah, and it's yeah. going to be bang, fireworks. And that's what's going to cost them the match, ultimately, I believe. The thing is that maybe we're not, you know, mentioned as much is the reason why Kenny Omega has been so successful. Because the, the whole team, you talk about Don Callis or uh, the Good Brothers or the Young Bucks, they're all working in the same direction. There's no dissension at all within the ranks. They know the hierarchy, don't they? You know Omega is the leader. Do you think that might cause problems in months to come, the fact that, Maybe Kenny on top of the mountain. We saw with the elite Adam Page leaving and with Cody Rhodes. Is there a chance of happening here? 
Well, there's a thing that gets to me is that, you know, a lot of fans go, oh, look, they're just giving Roman Reigns the title because he's there. What are they doing with fucking Kenny Omega? You know, they're kind of... And not only are they doing it with their own title, they've gone to a different company, taken theirs, and then they've gone to a third fucking company, taken theirs. I'll be interested if there's dissension at the moment. It looks like they are perfect harmonies we see with this triple... T- well, they've just done a... On to uh, Sabin. Much like us after the first England goal, but unfortunately Sabin managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Now Kenny Omega playing with his food, so to speak. But I think Sabin, you know, he's a great athlete. We talk about, of course, Moose being upset about his last opportunity, but let's not forget he he injured Sabin at Under Siege. And Chris Sabin's been a... You talk about someone's been around impact, for, you know, for that amount of time. Well, Chris, like, kind of... I don't know, he doesn't look like a wrestler he looks like a commentator that's just put a set of trunks on <laughs> this is the former world heavyweight champion in impact tell former. me i'm wrong well that, at the moment like i said but is it a case of age is it a case of it's like pete williams we saw pete williams earlier should they still be using these guys or should they be looking at chris bay and an ace austin these young guns coming through or is it nice to have a little bit of diversity well again you know with with a lot of things it is always good to have a few kind of old nut um, you know, some recognisable faces from yesterday. Yeah. I think, you know, it adds experience to it, doesn't it? You know, sometimes that does help. Yeah. Uh, if you're Chris Saber now getting beaten down in the Good Brothers of the Omega's corner, who are you looking to tag? Will it be Sammy Callahan with that mental disposition or Moose like a um, mountain? I'd want to get the I'd want to get the man mountain in, especially if uh, big LG's in the ring with me. Do you think LG does enough? Like, no. should he be more? Like, especially where he looks. He could be more. Yeah. But I think, you know, unfortunately for him, Kenny Omega, he's not a bad wrestler. And uh, Carl Anderson, I mean, he's actually, I, I really like Carl. He's good. I've always liked him from when he was in WWE. Yeah, back, back When he was discovered by... <laughs> you are, you are taking the shots tonight. Well, let's say, a slammiversary. So, and who knows who could be there uh, tonight as we watch this uh, main event. From Impact and Save is trying to get out of trouble now. Managing to duck LG and goes for the oh. tag on Moose. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> well, you know, a man who likes to fight Moose is kind of backing away from a chance to uh, fight. And none other than Kenny Omega as well. Is that a thing of him not wanting to tag Saban or not wanting to get into the match? Well, Sammy Callahan certainly isn't shy about getting into the match, but I, I don't know with Moose. I think, you know, does he feel he's better than this team? I'd be interested to think that, yeah. Sammy, like you said, is a house. He's on fire, baby, as he takes down I don't Anderson. get why he's got a pumpkin tattooed on his arm. Like. Well, I d- if he wants a pumpkin tattooed out, I'd, you know it's what I mean? It's like me getting argue. a fucking Christmas tree tattooed on me or something. <laughs> Maybe he likes pumpkins. Well, Maybe he likes Halloween, I don't know. A low blow behind the referee's back. Kenny's a distraction. And Saban not obviously 100% tags himself back in. Well, much to the chagrin of Moose, who was... Hands out, ready for the tag. Well, crossbody couldn't get the job done. Now, Kenny getting the tag in. It looks like the good brother's got a triple team again. No, Sabin manages to dodge LG. And Carl Anderson got the dodge, and so did Kenny Omega as well. <laughs> and, uh, well, move to all three members of the uh, team Omega. And how pretty was that from Chris Sabin? And is he going to try and finish off Kenny Omega? Well, no, Moose wants the tag in. Moose wants the glory. But I don't think. Chris Sabin realises it looks to put Omega away. Well, Kenny Omega's just found out he's got moose for dessert. <laughs> Very nice. And him and Sabin arguing now, not happy. Of course, moose is legal man. Sabin pushes moose, the wrestling gods, and I don't think he's happy about that. 
Well, Sabin's just been tagged in and thrown in by Moose. Well, you kind of guessed this was going to happen. Dream is like, like shocked, but come on. Callahan's cussing him as he goes. Don Callis, I think he's... Anyway. Well, I think Don Callis is happy. The creepy uncle, Kenny Omega. <laughs> he pushes Dreamer into Moose. I think Don Callis is trying to be too Paul heyman <laughs> Well, I, do you know what? As long as he's got a different kind of style, I don't really mind it. That was quite fun. As he pushed uh, Dreamer into Moose, they're saving, fighting him off, dodging the V-trigger. Now looking to put Omega away. That looks hideous. The Snapdragon. He loves the Snapdragon. Oh, it's if, like he just... If he doesn't hit a Snapdragon and V-trigger in a match, I'm not happy. Well, if he doesn't overreact in a match... Well, it looks like the good brother's going to put Saban away anyway. And there you go. I'm surprised Kenny didn't have to get the pin himself. Well, Magic cut was enough for the good brothers of Carl Anson as Moose looks on. And like I said, the elite win. Sammy Callan can decide Chris Saban is the full guy. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match and main event? Well, again, it's kind of like something you knew it was going to happen. You know, you knew that there was going to be friction between Dreamer. You knew it was going to all unfold. You knew kind of like these egos couldn't team together. And you knew Kenny Omega was going to stand to us. They love Kenny. But this is the thing. And usually if there's champion or the challenger there, you know, maybe in a tag team match, it might be somebody going to win, try and build momentum. So maybe this puts the Slammiversary result into question. Maybe you're thinking it might be Sammy's time. Nobody beats King Kenny. Well, we're going to find out. We are going to find out. Uh, and we talk about the AEW and Impact relationship. And it wasn't the best week for Impact Wrestling. Uh, report that Impact withdrew 69,000 viewers. <laughs> Don't laugh on Access TV for July 1st, 2021. The main event, of course, featured Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, defeating Summer Callahan Moose and Chris Sabin. Well, the viewership was so low that they've actually only ever been below 100k once before when they went head to head with NXT in September of 2020 and got 78,000. Impact had a 0.02, which is the lowest of 2021 ever. The numbers include both live and same day. Right, Dan, don't be so smug, but is this a showing that the relationship between Impact and AEW is not actually helping Impact out that much? No. I mean, again, it's like, if there is any kind of grievances with Impact, they're not going to reach out for they'd be like, well, why do we want to watch Impact? When do you know what? That's an argument I don't think has been made maybe enough, but we'll move on to our next episode, July 8th. And Jimmy Miller starts things off with Don Callis, the clean-shaven Kenny Omega. Callis calls Sammy Callahan uh, troglodyte before saying he hopes everyone makes it to the contract signing this evening. And the first match is Brian Myers with Sam Bill versus Jake Something. The supremely bigger Something manhandles Myers in the ring and then on the outside. He puts Myers back in the ring but swiftly lariats him out. Myers manages to get on the offensive against Something after suplexing him on the stage. Back in the ring, Myers chokes Something over the ropes. Something hammer fist Myers in the back and then deadlifts him for a sit-up pass for a near fall. Myers channels Edge with an impaler DDT to get a two count of his own. Two. Then he leaps off the top with an elbow to the sternum of something. Another two count. Two. And then something gets the W after hitting his black. And per the stipulation, uh, Myers is forced to say how legit he is as a wrestler, but instead Jake gets attacked from behind. Suddenly Matt Cardona returns to say something and he hits a radio silence on Bill, but we knew we were going to get Myers versus Cardona feud. This was an okay match. Jake has a bit of potential. I was starting to like his fucking irritating name. Well, backstage, Deanna Parazzo notes that she's taken out all of her competition for a knockout title. 
Therefore, she's issuing an open challenge tonight. Well, we get a silent Sammy sitting backstage while G interrupts him. Nine days until Kenny Omega has to get in the ring for the death machine. Suddenly, he gets arrested for the assault and battery of Mr. Don Callis. Match two, Impact Knockouts Championship, Deanna Pratso versus Lady Frost. Is that like Killer Frost? In a way, it's a sister, cousin. Well, Frost makes her Impact debut. The bell rings and then the two women talk trash. They grapple up for a few a few times and Parazzo patronises Frost. Lady Frost over-rotates on a moonsault and Diona takes advantage. Diona then plants her and pulls Frost up at two. Two. She locks on the Fujiwara armbar until Frost submits. Yeah, I mean, winner and still knockouts champion calls Jenna Parazzo, but it's a silly name for Frost, but she's harder than she looks. Had tryouts with WWE and AEW. This was a squash, but maybe we'll see... More about when post-match, Diana thanks Frost for efforts and begins gloating until Gail Kim comes out. Diana begins to patronise her as well and gets fired up for being interrupted. Well, Gail settles her down and has some news regarding Slammiversary. Diana begins to believe Kim wants a shot at the pay-per-view, but Gail says she's retired and she wants to give Peruzzo an opportunity to defend the Knockouts Championship to opponent of their choosing. She won't know until the pay-per-view. Ooh, so who could it possibly be? This was really, really good stuff. Uh, we see Swinger's Palace is kind of dead as Chris Saban enters. Johnny's not in attendance. He wants to ask Swingerella to how a cat surgery went and then was attacked by that bastard move. Well, Chris Bay is backstage. He reveals he's been doing some thinking. Theoretically, he did pick a side. He picked his side. But Trey, Petey, Williams and Josh Alexander happen to be standing on it too. Well, up next, Dan. I'll be waiting for this. This is a handicap match here. W. Morrissey. And I'll tell you something, Dan. We've talked about big cats in the past. But just listen to the promo and we'll watch the match as well. Because it's a different man to the one that was beside that weird-looking cunt. So the promo, Morrissey accepts Eddie Edwards' challenge at Slamversary. As a matter of fact, he's going to help Eddie out from hospital bed. He's not going to show him respect. He's going to demonstrate and show him what he's going to do to Eddie at Slamversary. What are your thoughts on this, Dan? Can he... It's a bit more serious. Well, with that promo, I think it was just a standard promo. To... Yeah. It wasn't a, a heart promo. It wasn't like something, I'm going to come and take you out. I am big. And this is what he needs to build himself back up again. And I think with stuff, stuff like this and stuff like hopefully this handicap match, I mean, three guys in there haven't got a chance, you know. But this is the whole point of kind of building him up for the top. All he's got to do is say, I'm big, I'm tough, I'm going to beat you, unless and it's going to work. Stacks, unless he stacks them all the time. Yeah, but the thing is, like I'm saying, this is what he needs to rebuild himself and then where to move on. That was on. an awful choke. So you'll still not... Fa- there you go. What about the powerbomb then? Page so he's done Undertaker. Kevin, the two... Well, Jack Knife there. Morrissey's laid waste to three men and sent a message to Eddie Edwards. He looks in great shape as well. There's no doubt about it. Go on, F5 him, I dare you. Go on, it really pissed Dan off. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's more like a fireman carry slam. Look, look what he's doing. Oh, my Roman Reigns. <laughs> you called it, Dan. What is he doing? He's stacking them. Oh, look. Pinning them just like that. You can't. No, this is different. This is different. This is not a playing around man anymore. W. Morrissey means serious business here on Impact Wrestling. And with that performance, it's, it's no doubt to see why. The eyes of a focused man, yes, he looks like Edge, but hey, we can all move on from that. He looks like Edge. And the best combination. Edge. <laughs> Edge. <laughs> all right, Dan, what happened backstage? Well, backstage, Don Callis plays up that he was attacked by Sammy Callahan. He said, Sammy is a hazard to himself other wrestlers, and to an entire wrestling company. 
He has a family and he has footage which is given to the production. Footage is shown with a masked Sammy hunt, hitting Don with a baseball bat. Enter Scott DeMore. He apologises, but he says Kenny can still be in attendance for a contract signing. He'll see them both in the ring. Just humour him. Well, up next, Susan and Kimberly versus Havoc and Rosemary. And Rosemary grabs Susan by the pantsuit and his clothesline from both sides. Kimberly gets involved and to be slammed and thrown by Havoc. Lee does deliver some kicks to Rosemary before down with a buzzsaw kick. We get a two. Two. Susan avoids a corner attack by Havoc, bites her, but then gets speared by Rosemary for the pinfall. This is a good match, but we need more teams. Kimberly and Susan are not afraid. Well, Jazz is a special guest on the All About Me with Tanil Dashwood and Caleb with a cat. Jazz has a Shad Gaspar tee on. Jazz is curious if this is Piper's pit. Finally, Tanil asks Jazz if she's going to ask her about Rachel and Caleb does the honours. It's not Tanil's fault that she can't find a great partner. Jazz messed things up for her. You ruined it. Well, Tanil talks trash to Jazz and Jazz confronts her about it. Jazz gets attacked and the camera is cut. During the break, Rachel and Jordan help Jazz up. After the break, they're not pleased. Jordan makes it clear she and Rachel are back on the same page. And next week, Caleb and Tennille are getting crossed off their list. This was nice. Emotion by Tennille. She needs to show her dark side. Uh, still wouldn't fuck with Jazz, Dan. Uh, even after all the years. And like I said, she's wrapping the shad top. Big respect there as well. Well, Rich Swan gets on the mic as he comes out with Willie Mack. He and Willie, he says, Willie and him are being men. Fight straight up, knuckle up. However, VBD decided to get into their business and attack them from behind. Swan challenges them to bring the tag titles out and they're knocked violent by design's teeth down their throat. And out comes Falabar and TJP. Well, he says they see two guys with a common enemy. They both have a score to settle with them. But if they think they're going to use the opportunity to leapfrog them, well, there's a line. Willie says they're at the front of that piece. Bar says a shot at an expiration date. Out comes VBD. Then out come the good brothers in the preacher mode. All teams are out in the ring until Tommy Dreamer's music hits. He says Scott DeMore sent him out here to inform them all that at Samiversary, the world tag titles will be defended in a four-way. Rich Swan, TJP, Carl Anderson and Dina are going to have a four-way. Well, so match five, Rich Swan, Carl Anderson, TJP and Dina. TJP brawls with Dina on the outside while Anderson showed a block Swan. TJP is in a flurry of impressive offence until Dina attacks Rich from behind. Dina has a net wrench cranked on Rich before soon catches Swan with a power slam. TJP tosses Carl out of the ring before Swan savates. Swan savate kicks TJP out. He then swanton dives onto everyone to lead us into the break. After the break, Carl looks to broker a deal with Dina, but the latter ain't having it. He and Anderson trade shots, a big boot by Dina before Swan kicks down. Back suplex by Anderson on Swan, have all the men down. Well, Anderson soon gets hit with a detonation kick. He misses the Mamba splash. Dina hits a Dina DDT on Swan, but TJP makes the save. Soon after, a gun stun is hit on Dina for the one two three and winner Carl Anson this was a very long segment I mean honestly really really long but set up a pay-per-view and was actually a fun match well Susan is upset about losing but Kimberly assures her about her backup plan that is father James Mitchell he has Susan go into a room and tells Kimber he's not sure how this is going to how this is going to take but he'll see what he can do. Well, up next, it's contract signing time. Demore notes that while at Sammy's incarcerated, he firmly believes he'll be able to challenge Kenny at Slammiversary. Out comes Callis and Kenny. Don keeps talking about being a victim. Sammy Callahan has seven strikes and today was number eight. Sammy may not be here, but the champ Kenny is. Scott says just humour him. He sits down. 
He signs the contract as he does. We get some glitches and the lights go out. Suddenly, a surveillance camera airs different footage of the callous attack. It was actually an in cahoots John E. Bravo, not Sammy. Suddenly, the glitch goes again and Sammy appears to surprise attack Kenny. Uh, surprise attack. Kenny goes to pile drive Sammy, but Callahan hits a low blow and package pile drives Kenny. He then signs the contract too. Yeah, so Dan must be your favourite moment in Impact Wrestling. Watching these past few months, Sammy Callahan signed the contract and taken out Kenny Omega. Is this showing that Sammy Callahan is the favourite going into Slammiversary? No, they're just trying to build up a challenger for King Kenny and his uh, amazing merryhood of men. Well, Sammy is not finished yet. He's got Kenny up. <laughs> and power bombs that smug bastard for a table. And he holds up the Impact Championship, which he wishes to win. And uh, Sammy Callahan looking strong as anything there uh, with Kenny Omega. Uh, so what do you think of that contract signing then, Dan? It was all right, wasn't it? It was a contract signing. You knew that fucking Don Callis was being a bitch and bitching about. You know, you kind of know that it wasn't Sammy Callahan attacking Callis. You know that Sammy Callahan was going to make an appearance. It's kind of really far too cool, kind of like things that happen, like, you know. Um, but isn't that sometimes good? Isn't it the basic stuff? Sometimes WWE is the biggest complaint. It's ain't so simple. They fuck it up by even not giving you what they should do. I know it's like a simple storyline, but still, it brings excitement. Sammy Callahan's just wiped out Kenny Omega. Who's left Kenny Omega in that state in the past four months? Well, we knew this was going to happen. We knew that... You know, to make him seem like a legitimate threat, he'll mind. Well, we'll see, but all roads lead to Slammiversary. Uh, it was an okay impact. We lead to our last episode, July 15th. Well, D'Lo Brown and Josh Matthews welcomes fans to Impact Wrestling. We kick off with a mixed tag team match. That's Tennille Dashwood and Caleb with a K versus Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering, who are now on the same page. Well, I doubt the baby faces rolled early, but Dashwood see control of the match by Dan and Ellering cutting her off from a partner. The hot tag to Grace sparked the comeback, compete with a big set-up powerbomb to Caleb for a two. Two. The action broke down late in the match with all of the competitors getting in their signature offence, culminating in an assisted Uranagi by Grace and Ellering for the win. Yeah, this was a fun opener, especially with Caleb with a K in it. I won't expect it. Looks like Grace and Ellering are back firing as well. On Saturday, Sammy Callahan has a big task ahead of him when he faces Kenny Omega for the Impact World. The draw is all about this. He believes wrestlers like Kenny Omega, who disrespect the business in his eyes, deserve to take a brutal beatdown from him. He looks forward to the challenge and to bring the title home. If he wins, this will be his second run with the belt. Well, we take a look at Deanna Pratt's impressive two-time, two-time Reigners Knockouts champ. Virgil Rose has a date with Destiny on Saturday where she finds out who her partner will be that night. As Gail Kim warned her last week, her world might change. Uh, this was a great promo. Yes, um, as at Scott DeMore's office, per hesitation to sign her title contract without knowing who her opponent is. Demore assures her she needs to sign this in case she loses her title. That way she can use her rematch clause. She decides to sign it as Demore walks away. Perizzo asks him one more time. He replies with, no way, Jose. <laughs> and walks away. Tommy Dreamer sticks his head in and says, no way, Jose isn't the person. Dreamer wishes her luck ahead of a title match. Now this... Have me in stitches. No, I tell you what, Dreamer is echoing Mick Foley there a little bit with a kind of goofing around with that type of joke. But Diona is class. It'll be interesting to see who 
opponent will be. And Dilo Brown and Josh Matthews run through the updates. Slam Rosa card. For that, more knockout action follows. We've got Havoc versus Knockouts Tag Team Champion Tasha Stills. Well, Havoc dominated early and right through the commercial break, overwhelming her smaller opponent with her size, strength and fury. Stills, though, summoned the awareness to help to make her and Hogan two-time, two-time Knockouts Tag Team Champions and downed her opponent. Havoc fought her way back into the match, though, and scored the uh, clean victory off a tombstone pile driver. Yeah, this was a good match. Havoc building momentum. And since Dobby Morrissey arrived at Rebellion, he's been out for blood. At some verse, he will go up against the heart of impact, Eddie Edwards. Can Morrissey maintain his dominant undefeated streak, or will Edwards knock him down a peg? Backstage, Kimberly is anxiously waiting to see what Father James Mitchell has done with Susan. Susan walks out. Lee is surprised. Lee thought Susan was going to turn into Sue Young. Well, it looks like all Susan has known all along who Young is. Although last week she played the role that she had no idea who Young was. Yeah, it's a problem when you're watching it back to back and you realise these little things. But Steve Macklin returns to the Impact Zone for a showdown with Cal Hero. It did not go pleasantly for Hero. Macklin squashed his opponent for grabbing a microphone and obviously declaring, I'm done waiting. We want to see the next step. We saw him talk now. As for Cal, not many wrestlers can wrestle with bum bag and pull it off. Not. Well, backstage, Decay and Havoc are having a little chat. Rosemary and Havoc will face Tasha Steeles and Kira Hogan for the Knockouts Tag Team Championship. Rosemary surprises Havoc by bringing in Father James Mitchell, who escapes Susan by the skin of his teeth. Rosemary asks Havoc if she's ready. Havoc shakes her head. What are Mitchell and Rosemary going to do to Havoc before their big match on Saturday? What would you do to have a cake? Well, before their Ultimate X battle on Saturday, several of the men involved in the matchup were competing in an eight-way tag team matchup. So, Dan, this is going to be a great time for us. We can see all this talent in the ring. We've got ASOS, Demandman, Fulton, Hit Raju and Shearer versus the X Division champion Josh Alexander, Chris Bay, Trey Miguel and Petey Williams. Now, Dan, I know you've watched Impact in the past. You, you know all eight of these guys, don't you? Now? Absolutely. I am um, really, really, um, yeah, no idea. You don't know, right, okay. So, no, if you don't know, you don't know. So, Josh Alexander, this is the guy I've been wanting to show you for quite a while. I talked about last month to kind of mesh that he's got the Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit in the style of wrestling that he does. He's uh, obviously got it on because he lost an ear whilst he was wrestling. So, now he, he, he wears that just to protect him as he does. It's really good to see Chris Bay, as we've seen before, he's made his choice going with the faces. Well, you can tell he's not that much of a psycho if he's... If he's kind of covering up his ear that he lost, you know, Mick Foley would have dis- displayed that son, but he would have probably tried to shove it from him. Well, Josh Alexander is a different type of athlete from that. We've seen Chris Bay before. He's just going to be a future champion. No matter where he goes, he's going to be successful. And also on the hillside, I'll say that with Ace Austin as well. Fantastic talent uh, involved there. But we're going to start with Rahit and Petey Williams. So the hills, are they a stable? No, what's happened recently is Rahit and Shearer are known to team up, and Ace Austin with Man Man Fulton is his kind of big. And leading into this matchup for the X Division title, they decided, well, let's work together because if we do, we can take out the other uh, three men and then go for the titles ourselves, basically. Ah. So it's, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And then they asked where he was going to join and what group he weren't so- going to get involved, and we saw what happened there. So you know there is going to be a big explosion in the Hills camp. You know they're <laughs> yeah. They're, they're not, you know. They're they're not that good at fucking kind of delaying the. Uh, well, we might we might hiding see surprises. It. But in Slammiversary, like I said, the Ultimate X match. You know the Ultimate X match. 
We know how dangerous it can be. And you imagine these guys involved. And like I said, if Shearer and um, Fulton start going at it at ringside as well, it'd be quite incredible to see. See, whenever I hear the name Shearer, I just... It's Alan <laughs> Shearer. Well, it's a shame with Austin as well, really. You know, of course, Ace Austin getting caught now with the ankle lock, and that's what Alexander likes to use. Of course, came with a absolutely beautiful Ironman match with TJP uh, on the last Impact Roundup we did. Alexander's just smooth as anything. Of course, former tag team partner Ethan Page of the North, who we've seen uh, on Dynamite recently feuding with Darby Allen. Has in Impact kind of uh, taken away this image? Because I, I remember they used to sign disgraced wrestlers. Uh, well, they have, they have had problems. There's been a curse of the Impact World title for a long, long time, dating back from uh, basically everybody that was involved with Tessa Blanchard for the last time that you and I were following it together, the fact that she won the world title and then just left because she weren't defending it, you know? They've, they've had these problems, uh, even with Brian Cage and stuff like that. It's been interesting. But I think recently, you know, trying to go for the home ground, like someone like Trey Miguel had a chance to go to WWE. MSK was the NXT Tag Team Titles now. He used to be known as the Rascals team with him. And he stayed in Impact to kind of make uh, a showing for himself. Because like you said, if you become successful in Impact and they like the look of you, then what's saying that a WWE won't either pick you up and look at the success they've had in the past? You've got to argue that maybe all the you know, Impact or TNA wrestlers back in the day had an eventual run with WWE. You know, we talk about WCW and WWE. TNA, you know, you can, you can, anybody, <laughs> Eric Young, you know, Bobby Roode, AJ Styles, cornerstones of the company, um, didn't go to WWE, so it's a great opportunity. Yeah. Is that a Desi Hit squad? It used to be part of it, right? used to be part of it, yeah, so, as I say, some, but the problem with it, because they've lost so much, they have to kind of restart again as well, <laughs> which is a problem. But, but I think that's quite good with Impact, you know, it kind of freshens it up a bit. There's no doubt, that the action's great, like the X Division title has not been this exciting in a long, long time. It's not just because we're watching it now. It's because people like Josh Alexander and Chris Bay are coming into it and actually adding a different dynamic, you know, going back to the days of Samoa Joe, Chris Daniels and AJ Styles. Well, I used to think, you know, the X Division title, like it was probably one of my favourite secondary because it kind of had, it served a purpose, you know, and it done that purpose really well. Uh, and I thought it was an absolute brilliant idea. Well, one thing I love about Alexander, obviously we know Kenny Maker's is the Impact World Champion right now. And Josh went up to Scott Demore and said to him, look, I want to be the face of this company now. I'm going to be the total holder. The X Division is going to mean the most because I'm the guy in charge and I'll take on anybody. And I think when you hear a champion like that, because we are in the age of dominant hill champions, you know, when you look through NXT UK, which we love, it's got Volta, of course. You look at Roman Reigns on SmackDown, look at Kenny Omega in AEW. You know, you've got all these champions going around, uh, carrying cross in NXT, you know, and here... It can maybe be something a little bit different. And You've got work. a face of the company as yeah. opposed to a heel. Doesn't mind fighting anybody, you know, doesn't take any short, not loads of outside influence. It's just technical wrestling. Like I said, TJP and Alexander for an hour just wrestled and it was great. <laughs> but there's no doubt someone like Trey Miguel as well could surprise, and uh, could spring an upset at the pay-per-view as well. He's just so talented. Well, the thing I'm liking about this at the moment is, you know, all eight men... If they wrestled in WWE, I wouldn't have remembered them. <laughs> yeah, no, that's you know, fair. It's, it's like, you know, these are kind of like what I'd class as homegrown talent. And I think Impact need to do this as much as anything else at this moment in time. And I think we're seeing it. And some brilliant, you know, that was an absolute brilliant combination there. These are all gelling quite well. There's just so much talent. I think it just doesn't get looked upon because, like you said, with the uh, even relationship with AEW or just other things. 
But look at Alexander now, just going straight to the big man. He don't care. Yeah, I'll try and German suplex. Yeah, yeah, don't matter. Second attempt successful. <laughs> He'll get it done in the end. He'll be all right. And Rahit Raju, I think he's a better heel than MJF. And I don't think a lot of people have seen him. Because he can sell fear. He can do a lot of other stuff. And he's a really good worker. <laughs> like, nice neck breaker. Well, we can see now. Pete Williams coming in. Going to hit Rahit maybe with the Canadian Destroyer. Obviously. But the thing is, it's just, that's... He was the first man ever to do that, and now it's a kind of signature move, if you know what I mean. For yeah, but it's else. like, it's like, go on, do it, go on, do it, go on, do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah he done it. <laughs> That's all it is with him in the match now. Well, Chamber Girl coming in, you can see the kicks from different angles. It's like the odd didn't do it, boy. And now Big Shearer's in. Uh, I think playtime's over for Chamber Girl. A choke slam, but Chris Bailey will try to roll up. Free. Yeah. Snuck the victory. <laughs> oh, oh, but he paid for it almost immediately. Well, here come these new friends. Friends, and they're trying to help them out. But do the heels stick together when it's kind of going against? Oh, well, yes, they are. Yeah, they for do. credit, Austin came in with a chair, but got caught, and now Fulton's feeling the uh, ramifications of that. Oh, the great equaliser, the steel chair. <laughs> Chris Bay has got a mad look on his face as he takes out both big men. Well, you think with Chris Bay, it's kind of where he's a smaller guy, he has to kind of... Do it that way. <laughs> yeah. You know, he has to go like, and he seemed kind of believable. Well, very believable there. Uh, Dan, what were your thoughts on the talent involved and that matchup itself? And it gets you ready for Ultimate X, doesn't it? Yeah, I didn't think that was a bad match. I'm actually looking forward to the Ultimate X match and uh, seeing what these eight guys can deliver. Right, well, backstage, Brian Mars asked Hernandez to come back and join him tonight. Hernandez politely declined, saying that Johnny Swigger is paying him better, so his alliance is with Swinger now. Mars then asked another mysterious person if he'll have his back tonight. And up next, the Brian Myers versus Matt Cardona segment. Brian Myers with Sam Bill heads down to the ring. Myers asks Jake something to come out. Something arrives, but he isn't alone. He brings Matt Cardona out with him. Myers tells something that he is a professional after something beat him last week in a sing- singles competition. Despite just calling him a professional, Myers thinks something still has a lot of work ahead of him. All four men then start to brawl Matt Cardona and Myers. Tangling continues in the ring. Cardona is standing tall with Myers down on the mat. Dashwood sneaks in and lands a low blow on Cardona. Myers asks Cardona's former ex-girlfriend to help him out just moments ago. And she followed suit. Well, after that nasty low blow, Scott Demore's offering Matt Cardona a chance to seek vengeance against Brian Myers and Tennille Dashwood in tag action where a partner is choosing for Saturday night at Slammiversary. Well, I like this segment. It's set for Chelsea Green's debut called Sat Rider or Matt Cardona's uh, wife who wrestled Laura Van Ness in Impact Wrestling. So that'll be nice for her to come back. But it shows lack of death in the women's division using Tennille again. She already had a match early on in the show and now she's got, oh no, let me just do another segment. I wasn't using her. Does that, it just, I'm right, and I? <laughs> I do think they need more depth, yeah. Um, you know, unlike AW, they're kind of, they use their women but they've kind of haven't got enough depth in their, in their squad. Whereas, Kind of AEW, they've got loads of women, but they just don't use them. Yeah, I think that'd be fair. Well, so I think with the crossovers, it would work it out. Would work yeah. beneficial for the women. Well, 100%. we talk about we we'll talk about that in a bit when we of course run through the car. But we're interested to get your thoughts. But before their violent clash on Saturday, we take up to Chris Saber and Moose's heated rivalry. Moose is set for action next, and he's taken on Hernandez, who's with Johnny Swinger. Hernandez holds the upper hand on Moose in the beginning. He then drags Moose out of the ring and throws him into the ring post. Back in the ring, Moose looks for lights out and hits it. Short, sweet, and to the point, Moose is ready for Chris Sabin on Saturday. 
Well, Moose wraps the steel chair around Hernandez's ankle. Chris Saban runs out in time and lays a beat down on Moose. Moose escapes and retreats up the rank. But, oh, my God, Moose killed Hernandez. I never thought I'd see that in my life. And Saban will end up being cannon fodder as well. And ahead of his major title defence on Saturday. Major title defence on, on Saturday. Saturday. Kenny and Mager and Don Callis agree that Sammy Callahan is too dangerous. Mager is up for the challenge and looks for Tain against the death machine. Dido Brown and Josh Matthews run through the Samiversary card one last time before the main event. And now, James, it is time for the main event. It is the Battle of the Hosses. Willie Mack versus Falabar versus Doc Gallows versus Impact World Tag Team Champion Joe Doring. Well, the big man brawled around ringside area, attempted to wear each other down en route to a momentum-shifting win. Late in the contest, with Gallows and Mack squaring off at ringside, big man Doring flattered big man Barr with a lariat clothesline for the decisive big man victory. And Violent by Design stared down the Good Brothers as the show went off the air. Not a bad main event, but it did feel a bit like it was going in slow-mo with how slow they're moving. But Dan, I know you love Moan as much as anybody. Why not have the contract signing from the previous week in this segment here? Why not? Well, because they obviously want you to forget about it. <laughs> well, this is the thing, isn't it? Like, I don't know. It didn't make any sense that we didn't really have any follow-up on Sammy and, and Kenny, and yet we finished with the Battle of the Hosses anyway. Um but before we run through the card of Slammiversary, a couple of changes, TJP has actually pulled up with an injury. So Falabar will still wrestle in the matchup, but we don't know whose opponent will be. And the women's tag team title match will be uh, on the kickoff show. So we'll start off then, and we'll have a look, obviously. Uh, our first match is Brian Myers and Neil Dashford versus Mark Cardona in a mystery partner mixed tag team match. We'll do predictions as well, Dan. Uh, so what are your thoughts on this matchup? We've seen Myers and Cardona, uh, obviously Chelsea Green getting involved. Is this just too much of a curtain jerks? I think it is, yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit... It's a bit silly, but it's a bit fun, you know. It's like mixed match challenge. You know what I'm saying? It's something that it could probably be fun for a little while, but it's not going to really kind of garner much. So who do you think the mystery partner is going to be? Chelsea. It is going to be Chelsea Green. And who do you think is going to win the match? Matt and Chelsea. I would say both these are winning as well. Do you think that Brian Myers deserves more? We've seen the professional gimmick. He's quite good. Or is Matt Cardona just a bigger star? I, I think... <laughs> Well, yeah, I think because of his ladder match victory, I think that kind of edges him over Brian Myers just margin. It'll be interesting to see what happens. All right, up next, Dan. Uh, well, by the way, I'm going to go Cardona. Um, obviously, Chelsea Green in that matchup. Eddie Edwards versus W. Morrissey, Dan. Is there anything Morrissey can do in this matchup that will make you a fan? Um, unless it's a retirement match and Eddie Edwards wins. Oh, that's harsh, man. He's not no, bad. Um, no, I just, I just think he is too bland as a kind of giant heel he's you know he doesn't bring anything to it he's too generic as I've always said throughout the instant I saw him he's just a too generic big guy that doesn't set him apart from any other you know yeah, but at least he hasn't got that kind of do you know what I mean the... W Morrissey is in the same bracket as the giant Gonzalez whoa no I, well I think Morrissey is going to have a massive year in impact wrestling uh, against Eddie Edwards. Eddie Edwards, of course, one of the most catchiest theme tunes as well. Well, that's time. I am a champ. It's really good. Like, honestly, I can't sing it, but listen to it. It's fun. Uh, so I'm going to say Morrissey is obviously going to win this one. Dan, are you going to go Eddie Edwards then? Uh, no, Morrissey is going to win. Why are you doing Morrissey then? <laughs> well, because it's too fucking predictable, isn't it? Well, up next, the Fire and Flavor, the fu- Leaf, how calls that, versus Havoc and Rosemary for the Knockouts World Tag Team Championships. Um, Havoc and Rosemary are actually quite a lot of fun. 
I've been liking Havoc recently. Uh, and Rosemary's kind of got that dark. He obviously the decay uh, around her. And obviously can change from here and there to do that. Fire and Flavor, I look at them and I think they would add to any women's. They've just got kind of got the, the, the attitude about them uh, and that kind of style. I think this would be a really, really fun match. But I'm going to go for Fire and Flavor retaining in that one. Yeah, I'd like to see uh, Havoc and Rosemary because I've been enjoying their pairing up. But I will say Fire and Flavor as well. I think they're successful women's champs. All right, up next, the Impact World Tag Team Championship four-way match. Good Brothers versus Falaban and the Mystery. Rich Swan and Willie Mack. And, of course, Violent by Design, the champions, Doe Doring, Dina, or the Wide Rhino. How do you think this is going to go? And this, we saw the Battle of the Hosses, Dan. This should be fun, shouldn't it? No. Um, like, I think it's, you know, each team has kind of like a big guy. They've kind of the uh, smaller technical guy as well. Um, this is a match that could go anyway. Is it a... Um, Elimination match or is just a sudden victory? I think what we'll find out, I guess it would be, if it's paid for you, it would just be a sudden victory because it might go on too long otherwise. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely going to be a hard one to call. I would like to say that I'd think that Violent by Design are probably going to retain that. Violent by Design. I think it's time that the Good Brothers stepped back up and they signed a two-year contract last year at Slammiversary and they've got one year left. They've not done a lot in the past year, in impact, and I think now it's time. So I'm going to go for the Good Brothers in that one. Up next, the Knockouts World Championship, Deanna Pratsu versus a mystery opponent. Now, everybody's expecting maybe uh, Billy Kay or Peyton Royce or someone like that to come, because obviously they'll be available. Ruby Wright with two Ts or one T, maybe the rumour. But what would be best for you? Or someone like Britt Baker from AEW, the AEW Women's Champion showing up and saying, come on, come uh, on. I know, I know that Britt Baker would probably be the bigger draw, but... I, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see someone making their kind of debut, making a stamp on the knockouts division. Because as I've said, you know, it the women's division, it, you know, they are some brilliant wrestlers, brilliant performers. You know, it could be something silly like. Ah, uh, do you think they'd do that to us? You never know. You never know. Um, so you did say they were Scott Dashwood. Well, this is that. If I'm if I'm a betting man for Diana Prazzo, uh I will go. I'm going to go Ruby Wright. I, I I think it might be someone like I that. I have seen rumbling. I, I can't even remember her name. Lovelace. <laughs> so you can, who are you going to go for? Are you going to shout random names at me? Uh, or are you going <laughs> to... Who's going to be the mystery opponent? Who's going to win? I think Ruby Wright, as you said. I'm not trying for you. I think that's... Um, I think Ruby would get it. You know, if it's... I'm going to say Ruby Wright, but Diana Pratsu retired. Uh, Chris Sabin versus Moose. Moose is going to kill Chris Sabin. He'd look at him going... I'm through you like you're nothing. Well, boy. you know, like most most pay-per-views, they have a squash match that's going to go under <laughs> under five minutes. I think the entrances are going to be longer than the match on that one with Moose getting the victory there. Yeah, I can't deny Moose is, is definitely going to get the win in that matchup. Uh, up next, the Exhibition Championship match. We've just seen a fantastic tag team matchup there. Uh, Josh Alexander versus Chris Bay versus Pete Williams versus Trey Miguel versus Asos Austin versus Rahit. Raju, um, what are you thinking, Dan? Again, these matches in the past, they've been really exciting matches. Always love watching them. You know, you kind of, there's not really much of a lull during the majority of the match either, which is good. The only thing is, is trying to pick a winner. I mean, it's it's kind of like just close your eyes, throw a dart, and I think. But, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to press me for yeah, an answer, throw your which dart, I know you Dan. always do, I'm going to go for double A. ASOS. Well, well, uh, ASOS is a great shout, but 
I am going to go Chris Bay because we see the story's been about him, Dan. Will he finally get his victory that he wants? Coming up, Slammiversary, we shall find out. And finally, Dan, the match you're looking forward to. It is now no disqualification. And people go, oh, well, the Bucks and Good Brothers going to get involved. This is Sammy Callahan's wheelhouse. No one takes it to the extreme as much as Mr. Callahan does. But, Dan, what are you thinking for this one? I think this would be a great match. I think it's going to be a hardcore war. Well, what would make the wrestling god more godlike is beating a man in his kind of own backyard, in his kind of own wheelhouse. You know, this is all just blowing smoke up his ass. And, yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to be a good match because it's kind of like saying, yes, well, you know, you are wrestling on Impact pay-per-view, but we're going to say that AEW are better than Impact on our own pay-per-view. Well, you could argue they've been doing that for that time. So you're going to say Kenny Omega then? Yeah. I think Kenny Omega as well, but I think this will be an awesome, uh, I will admit to that there. It looks quite good on paper, Dan. I mean, it's obviously a paper rather than an impact special. It doesn't look too bad until you get to the main event, and then that's when it just <laughs> drops off for me. That's the main selling point for it. But like, we've well, no, it's the... The main. it's the main selling point for everyone who loves Kenny. Well, okay, let's look at impact wrestling then. Well, we've got Slumversary. Uh, you can get it on Fight TV for uh, $20, which is less than £20. Uh, I, of course, have bought that. We'll be reviewing the show next week with the ultimate one. But, Dan, is that build excitement watching, you know, the last hour or so, looking at Impact Wrestling, getting to know the wrestlers look more, looking at the card? It's good shit. Come on. It's, it's not bad shit, but, <laughs> you know, there are other things. I do, you know, I enjoy this kind of crossover, but it kind of seems in one area. You know, if they're going to cross over, I'd like to see a few more areas. Do. If they're going to do it, they're going to jump all the way in. Don't just dip your toe in the water. Do it properly. Britt Baker, Impact Women's Champion. I mean, not looking at that. Well, but then again, it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, why don't you kind of come over to our company, take our titles, <laughs> and just make us look like cunts. <laughs> Honestly, though. That's, that's what Impact are doing. They're like, look, hang on a minute. Let me just bend over, pull my pants down and while right. you're going dry. Literally, I can't have that as your final thoughts. So, Dan, positive final thoughts on Impact, past three episodes. Women's division is looking absolutely brilliant. I'm excited to see where that's going, and the X division as well. I think, you know, kind of Impact, they, they're bringing, hopefully, more focus to other areas of their product as opposed to kind of like the main event scene, which is kind of being run by a... Yeah, I think that would be fair to say, but it's always good to have you along for the ride. Like I say, we'll be with Impact Wrestling next weekend looking at Slam Ferocity. But this is not the end for Dan because we're going to double up this weekend. Tomorrow, we are bringing you the money in the bank for the love of money, the special <laughs> there. And of course, Dan will be back watching WWE for the first time in a long time. But uh, don't forget, that is it. We'll cross all social media. Twitter, at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. I'm at WNR Dan. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. across all Google platforms. So listen to the podcast at gmail.com. YouTube, the WNR Podcast. For latest clips and podcasts, go at the same time on YouTube. Please do SoundCloud. On your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes. Make it download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Like I say, the next episode is tomorrow for the love of money. Dan is on the double, and he's back on WWE. But until then, I've been James Rollins, and I was joined by... Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye.